Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns Vodin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello, everybody. It's time we don't have any guests. We are just talking about scary Viking stuff. Um, I know. Our guest bailed on us last minute. Yeah. But I was trying. I was trying to be cool about that. So, <laughs> oh, oh no, they didn't. We, uh, it was actually us. We decided that they weren't the right fit, and no, we, <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. I, I think it was just a clash of timings that didn't work. That's how it goes sometimes. They will be up, but it is spooky season, so we decided that we're going to look at some spooky stories or urban legends from a, correction. It is spooky season for you Anglophones. Now, yeah. for a Dane like me, it's just potatoes picking season. I the, mean, like, we're not running around being scared about anything. We're just like, it depends what well, goes on in those potato fields. Um, well, <laughs> who knows? After last week's episode with the sheep, who knows? It could be, it could be spooky. <laughs> no, we, we're going to have fun. I enjoy these ways, just me and you. I've got my whiskey. I've got some water to keep me hydrated as well. Um, we're going to look at some funky stories. I think it's going to be good fun. Yes. Yes, it will. I, I hope. We're putting something together anyway. We're trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hear about Bubba the Dane, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think you mean Hubba the Dane. Hubba. All oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> Hubba. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Okay, so we yeah we had to look for some spooky. I mean, I, I didn't know what was going to come up when I put spooky Viking stories into uh, Google. I wasn't sure <laughs> what I'd find, but at least I found one from the the Devon Live. Anyway, um, so we're going to start with that, and then we're going to look at the top ten scary Viking urban legends after. So. Um, do you, want me to, do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? I'll, I'll let you read it, and then I can pick it up. I was apart. hoping you wouldn't say that, but okay, I'll read it. <laughs> I'll do, let me have some, let me have a little sip of water just to, uh, so I don't uh, mess it up. Which is obviously always best to drink. Oh, Usher's back. Oh, nice. For those who've been missing him. He was, he's been upstairs for a while, literally next to the bed, actually, for a good, for longer than he should have been, for about two months, three months. Since Midgard's blow, he's been sat next to the bed, looking at oh, me as asleep. Uh, so creepy. now he's, <laughs> I know, so now he's back behind me, but he's getting a little bit glass, you can't quite see him, but he's there, he's staring. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay, so the, the first story, like scary story, I guess, is how Viking ghosts from the first Battle of Britain still haunt Bloody Corner. So I guess Bloody Corner is a place in, in Devon. So visitors to North Devon beaches claim on clear nights they can hear battle noises and shadow, shadows of fighting men as the Bloody Corner battle haunts Appledore. Viking raids were a great threat to Devon villagers during the reign of Alfred the Great. Ancient records of Northam, not Northman, Northam. Do you think that's any link? Uh, so it's North, like North Ham. I don't know. North Ham. Uh, yeah. Ham is is a piece of a pig, but also it's an old word for you know 
uh, dwelling. It's the same as the um, Old Norse Hamer, um, which you get in multiple place names. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty common. You also have it in the rest of Scandinavia. Okay. Okay, so ancient records from Northam exist around the 10th and 11th century, and they retell the story of a battle with Hubba, the Dane, mm-hmm. at Bloody Corn in the 9th century. <laughs> okay, so you you first took issue with the name Hubba. Yeah, I mean, so the reference here has got to be the Battle of Chinwit. Um in 878, right? Where Upa, not Hubba or Bubba, but Upa. Uh, <laughs> or Hubba Bubba, which was a chocolate, <laughs> a chocolate, which was a popular chewing gum. Yes, I remember that uh, uh, that chewing gum. Uh, that mm. was like the you know one of the big things of my childhood because you couldn't yeah. get it in Greenland, so like it was only something you could get when you like left the country and got like to Denmark or something like that. I'm surprised Just like you McDonald's. Like whale fat chewing gum. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that. Chewing a little bit of the bubba, the blubber. The blubber. The blubber. Should be so, green and spin off. Bubba blubber the Dane. Uh, <laughs> he's one of uh, Ragnar Lothbrok's sons, right? Of course. Um, he's an actual historical figure. And oh, so, uh, so is, this the, is this the one that's in Vikings, as in Uba? Yes, is he, he is. He's the guy from Vikings. Yes, the eld, not not the eld, the eldest one after Bjorn, I think. I don't remember, but it sounds was, about yeah. right. I think he was the eldest yeah. one of the four that came with the lady that wasn't uh, Lagatha that no one cares about because it's not Lagatha. That one, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I mean. Obviously, Ragnar Lothbrok himself is is a very um, complicated historical figure. Um, some scholars have said, "Oh, this dude never existed," um, but I don't think that that's true. But um, we do know that his sons, the the the, the sons of Lothbrok, they did exist because they were the ones fighting everybody in England. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the uh, occasions on which this happened, um, where Upa. Oh, uh, without yeah. going too far off track, and I know we did a, an episode on Ragnar way, way, way back. It was like yes, one of the first couple of episodes we did, so we probably should redo that. Um, do you think that they were his actual sons or just people claiming the, the you know the title of being the son of Ragnar just because it you know the the value it has? Especially when going red in. I think it's reasonable to assume that they were his actual sons and that uh, he was uh, a Viking warlord who, uh, you know, invaded Paris. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, a well described event as well. Uh, now, you know, the fact that all his sons are referred to as Danes then sort of discount this prevailing narrative that he came from Norway. Um, oh, look at you just trying to steal the legends. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. But, uh, it, you know, it, it is a well-established fact based on genetics that, the, <laughs> you know, the, those, those, thing. those Scandinavians who were messing around in the Danelaw area 
known as Danes by the English, generally came from the Danish area. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, therefore, we may also presume that uh, these guys and Hubba uh, also oh. came from <laughs> from that. So area. I wonder where they've got Hubba from. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Unless they've heard <laughs> it and just because sometimes with these names. You know, you say names sometimes, and I'm like, I want to Google this later. And you don't want to see the the, the collection of consonants <laughs> and vowels that come together because they're not like anything that should be put together. No, I mean, I, I guess you do have like so so the the the, the name Uppa is uh, n- known from runic inscriptions and from Saxo's history of the Danes. Uh, but Saxo spells it Offa instead. So there are okay. sort of like multiple mm-hmm. um, sort of like versions of, yeah. uh, of, of that name. And there's, yes, there's not one set one anywhere. No, no. I mean, like we don't really know how they pronounced it. So well, we just know it wasn't mm-hmm. Bubba. <laughs> I like oh, no. Bubba better. Bubba, Bubba, Bubba sounds like Bubba likes sounds like a deep South Viking, shrimp, like shrimp American fisher. Viking. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> like a deep South sh- shrimp fishing Viking. Now that was a mouthful to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. So tradition says he landed at what is now boat hide, hide meaning a cove. With a fleet of more uh, more than ships, with a f- what? Okay, with a fleet of of more than ships. I don't know what that means, but I mean probably sums up why he's called Hubber as well. And marched to the attack, marched to attack the hill fort at Kenwith. The legend yes. is that they were defeated by Odun, O D U N, Earl of Devon. He's- yeah, no, that was the elderman named Otta. So I'm starting to feel like this article has not been well researched. It kind of feels like it, just a bit. I, f- I, I feel like maybe someone's not done the proper research. They 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 didn't uh, uh, read um, uh, Asser's account uh, properly, I guess. Okay, no, I I mean I don't suppose it. Would. This is like a a throwaway part of a a top 10 article of like scary things. So I don't <laughs> think they had the budget to really go <laughs> into it. Okay. So the legend is that they were defeated by Odun, Earl of Devon. Hubba and 1000 of his men were said to have been killed. The men were burned at Bonehill or Bunhill uh, was the old name of a burial ground. And Hubba was burned in a cairn. What's, do you know what a cairn is? C-A-I-R-N. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a heap of stones usually. Oh, okay. Some, some kind of landmark. Okay. The perfect thing to set someone on fire in stones. Mm-hmm. I guess it's so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Hubba was buried in a can in the area known as Hubba stone. Mm. Okay. So maybe <laughs> there is a stone, ta- there is stone tablet, bloody corner in Northam, erected by Charles Chapel, which reads, Stop, stranger, stop. Near this spot lies buried King Hubba the Dane, 
who, who was slain in a bloody retreat by King Alfred the Great. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sounds quite real to me. There's yeah. A yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing um, they must have, I assume Charles Chapel must have be the one who's responsible for Hubba. If he's um, erected this stone on the hill and called him Hubba. Well, I mean, yeah. So this is at the same time where Alfred the Great is sitting with his ass in deep water in the, in the marshes in Somerset. Right. So, uh, so, so the defeat of, of these Vikings came sort of like as a, uh, opportune time, so to speak, to be like, uh, fuck yeah, we're actually having some, uh, some success, in 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 getting them out of there and and then you know it makes perfect sense that uh, people would be making up a bunch of uh, folk tales about it and calling him hubba instead of upper and and those <laughs> kinds of things um so, so yeah <laughs> like <laughs> maybe maybe he was a really sexy viking and everyone's called him hubba hubba <laughs> yeah i think so mm-hmm. hubba hubba <laughs> <laughs> right. um and so- you know it's it's also you know perfectly in line with folk traditions that you know you have some kind of like stone pile over here and then you're like and look this is exactly where uh that guy was buried or burnt well uh, you that's know. Sense. that takes us on to the next part of the it says nick arnold author of children's books of a children's book series says he solved the 1200 year old mystery and located the site of of one of the most important conflicts in britain the famous battle in 1878 saw the ramp rampaging so that's the right word, isn't it? Rampaging. Viking armies overrunning the country except for Devon and Cornwall. England's ruler, King Alfred the Great, had gone into hiding and the last of the Saxon soldiers took refuge in a fortress named... Oh, fuck. What the fuck's this word? Sinwit? Or Kinwit? Yeah. C-Y-N. Chin- Chinwit? Yeah, Chinwit. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The stronghold... <laughs> this is why I didn't want to read it. <laughs> Or Kinwit. <laughs> <laughs> the stronghold was surrounded and besieged by the 1,200-strong Viking force. But according to historical accounts, the English made a final charge. In a last-ditch act of defiance, the remaining English stormed from the fortress and overcame their invaders. <sighs> Banished them from the country forever. Ah, Is that right? Okay. No. Okay, from, from the count. <laughs> no, because they put country, but I assume maybe they mean counter. This nah, was nah, no, no, because you know this is this is uh, based off of Asser's uh, account of of the okay. history of Alfred the Great. He, he he was Alfred the Great's propagandist, right? He he was the quote unquote biographer of Alfred the Great. Man. Yes, so obviously it, he's they're they're going to represent this victory as like we finally got rid of them and Alfred the Great. Uh, uh, unified all of England and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, that's not really what happened, guys. Like, you, you ceded half of of the country to to Danes and Scandinavians in general and called it the Dane law. It's not exactly a win. No, um, especially when it says <laughs> and, you know, banishing them from, from the country forever. It just exactly. feels like True, (laughs) but this is a glorified account right and so you know uh i I mean there there are like multiple um 
you know, Viking attacks and raids and presence of Vikings in different locations in the English uh, mm-hmm. general countryside afterwards. But this is sort of the end of, uh, of the, you know, this great incursion that happens, mm-hmm. right? The, the great heathen army that, um, you know, is rampaging. Uh, to the countryside okay. of England in okay. the middle of the 800s. Okay, so it says the clash has been dubbed the first battle of Britain, but on the site of the fortress, but the site of the fortress became lost, and all attempts to definitively identify it have failed. For 300 years, historians have speculated its location, but Nick claims they were looking in the wrong place and mm. says he has located the remains of the fort and battlefield at Castle Hill near Beeford. Because he had a book to sell. Ah. <laughs> that part's not in there, but I feel like that might be the reason. <laughs> that does sound like the reason. <laughs> well, I'm glad that Mick could solve this <laughs> mystery for us all 1,200 years after it happened. Um, I don't know about Mick, but I think Nick did quite well. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was called Nick. I called him I mean, Nick. <laughs> I thought you called, thought you called him Mick. No, I didn't. I called him Nick. <laughs> oh, I, I apologize then. Okay, That's all so right. <laughs> that, that article turned out not to be scary at all. Apparently, some ghosts <laughs> on a apparently some ghosts from a battle on a beach. Don't know why they. <laughs> I don't know why they 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 plugged that as a scary story. They only talked about the only the only mention of ghosts was like the first line where it's like some people say they see ghosts on the beach, and they didn't mention it again. See, uh, potato picking season. It's not scary at all. Well, I hope <laughs> these were the Danes, ne- right? <laughs> I, well, I hope the next ones do as well. The, the, uh, there's some of these I haven't heard of, and I purposefully not read this, not because I'm being lazy, but I, I like reading them. And then, uh, oh no, so if that wasn't number ten, that was just a different article. I thought we'd do before we got to the list. It was a uh, a moose bush. That's the right. That's the right thing, isn't it? I, I don't. A moose uh, is a star, is it? Don't you have an amuse bush? A moose, you a moose bush. Like you've got. I don't. I don't want to know what's going on. You've got to understand that my accent is butchering the French here, but an amuse bush. And a moose bush is definitely something that you eat before <laughs> you'll eat before a dinner. moose bush. Someone back me up here. All right, let me let me say in French. Then last, last time it was like you know romantic relationships with goats, and now you're talking about eating out a moose. Like what? What's going uh, on, man? <laughs> I can't believe nobody in the chat has come to my defense yet because I know I'm not crazy about this. <laughs> <laughs> and a moose bouche. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. It sure. is a thing. Moose bouche. <laughs> All right. So the next is the top ten scary Viking urban legends. Ooh. So these ones <laughs> because Vikings are known for their you know urbanness, right? <laughs> these these ones are terrifying. Hold on to your heart. <laughs> okay. So number ten is one that we all know and have heard of is the blood eagle oh right that that one yes let's skip okay. that one. <laughs> oh no okay so it says 
See, this one says starting off with, I'm going to paraphrase and skip through. This one says the starting with something pretty horrific. The Blood Eagle was an ancient Viking torture method, usually saved for their worst enemies. Some historians believe it to be so brutal, it can't even have been real. <laughs> that That's not why they, they, they don't believe that it was real. Because <laughs> he's too, he's too brutal. <laughs> uh, this is like this is too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> the the blood, blood eagle involved carving an eagle in, onto the back of the person and then praying his back open by detaching his ribs from their backbone and then wait for it, pulling their lungs through the opening. The lungs would then be spread over the ribs and on the outside, so they look like the wings. Hence the name blood eagle. To make things even worse. The open wound and organs would then have salt rubbed on them, causing excruciating pain if they hadn't already blacked out by then. Uh, the if blood they eagle hadn't was used already to blacked out. Well, <laughs> the blood eagle was used as torturous revenge and also as an offering to the god, the Viking god Odin. Oh right, yeah, hmm. of course. <laughs> so, I mean, we'd have to go into it too deep. We we did a full episode on it with Luke John Murphy, where I think we pretty put it to bed. That it's probably not real. Well, I mean, uh, I think what what Luke argued is that if it's real, then you know the torture part of it all would be done as soon as you open the chest cavity because nobody mm-hmm. can breathe yeah, under those circumstances. So you're suffocating and dying um, that, pretty much immediately, that, and you would also probably be, you know. Uh, already uh, unconscious due to the amount of blood that you've lost, mm-hmm. just like in the in the process of cutting. So, mm-hmm. so if, if if it were something that actually took place, then you know it was more for the spectators than for mm-hmm. the person who was undergoing the 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 the, the, the torture. Yeah, for sure. You would, like I say, as soon as the chest cavity is pierced, you would be you'd suffocate. Mm-hmm. So. Let alone the amount of to breathe in there. Yeah. So, so yeah, but people still think this is real, and you, this is one that people will die on the hill of, or Viking bros will die on their hill of this being real. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, it is. I mean, the article's right. It is a, a scary Viking urban legend because it's not mm-hmm. real, and it is quite terrifying. If it, I was. mean, I think drawn and quartered is scarier. Oh, it's much. Much worse. I mean, they, they keep you alive uh, so that you can watch your own genitals be thrown on mm-hmm. a, fly, a fire, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty creepy. There's a there's a really good podcast by Dan Carlin. I think it's Dan Carlin called Pain for, Pain for Entertainment. And he goes through all the old torture methods. And some are the, the French. Ooh. Ooh, they were fuckers. <laughs> they, yeah. were, they were nasty. Yeah. And the but English. But you said there was public entertainment. So, you know, people came and came and watched. It was, you know, like sitting down and watching Netflix. Yeah. Okay. This one I've never heard of, and I probably can't even pronounce this. I hope you know what it is. The Nuk- Nukalave. Nukalave? <laughs> right. Yeah. I was Nukalev? reading I was like, mm, a- never Nukalev? heard of it, man. Okay. Never heard of it. See, so you've never heard of it. Yeah, oh, no. So how would you pronounce it? it? I I don't know, man. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just... like this. This sounds like something Scottish. Uh, yes, which, okay, like, that's what it says. It also says this is something Scottish. So I'm like wondering where's the Viking connection? Okay, let me let me 
let me read it first, and then you can tell us whether you think there's any truth in it. So when the Vikings inhabited Scotland's Orkney Islands, so that I guess that's where it comes yeah. in. They told stories of a hideous creature known as the Nukalave. I'm going with Nukalave. Uh, they are horses like demons. Their bodies are, are like skinless horses, and on their back is, a, is the torso of a human rider, nothing else, just a skinless tor- torso hanging on there. Two arms hang hang by the side of the torso. He must have strong leg muscles then. If he's not uh, holding any reins, he's just got his arms by his side whilst riding the horse. Um, so two arms hang by the side of the torso that they that are so long they can touch the ground. The horse, the horse mouth is huge. Um the, the horse mouth is huge, gaping, and exudes a toxic vapor that kills any crops nearby. Its single giant eye burns like a flame. It would spread disease and attack people on sight. I fucking love I, this. I know. I, I want it to be Viking now. <laughs> the islanders of Orkney were so scared of the demon that they would not speak his name without immediately saying a prayer. Because he has no skin... People said that you could see black blood coursing through his yellow veins. On the pale, but um, on the pale but powerful muscles can be seen pulsating all over. I mean, sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I mean, okay, so there's a couple of things we can note here. Demon horses are common in northwestern Europe. Like you can find them in Scandinavia too. Um, sometimes. Uh, Nukka shows up as a demonic horse. Um, so yeah, and then you have like a bunch of folk tales too about, uh, like in Norway, we get a couple of folk tales about, um, you know, the Hogbui, so, so the, the, the dead people who live in the mounds, they, um, they can make you, they can like throw a, a drinking horn after you and if it hits the horse then the skin will melt off um drinking horns available horns of odin.com <laughs> <laughs> and and then of course you also have in in like the the swedish uh um which is not a horse but it the the theme of the giant mouth is there right so like okay. the skorksro when you're when you're hanging out in your little cabin out in the woods, usually because you're burning coal um, at night, then, you know, the skorksro will show up at your cabin door and then it will like stand in the opening uh, of the door with like this giant mouth that goes from, from top to bottom. And mm. then it'll ask you, what's your name? And then if you tell them, then you're going to get swallowed, but you never do that because you're, you're a smart Christian Swedish dude in the woods. What a trick. This, right. The, the trick in it. I mean, I feel like we should take a second to to visualize this uh nukalave because it's a it's a horse with no skin, black blood running through its yellow veins. It's got one giant eye, it's on fire, it's got a massive mouth gaping mouth that is seeping a toxic vapor and a dude on his back who's just got really long arms <laughs> dragging on the ground. It's... It's fucking so metal, man. I love it. <laughs> Sophie, I know you like to draw demons. Um, 
please draw the knuckle out of it. Yes, so we can yes, please. Pop it up on our Instagram. <laughs> um, okay, number eight. And <laughs> I don't know really, So it's human sacrifice. Um, but again, this guy obviously clearly thinks that the knuckle out of it is a, a real thing because he says for the Vikings, the number nine, so that's referring to the ninth on the list of Nukalave was very important. It appeared throughout their religion and stories. Okay. I mean, you've never heard of it, but okay. It was deemed so important <laughs> that the Vikings were said to carry out human sacrifices because of it. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that answered that. Um, in 1072, the German monk Adam of Bremen visited a Viking temple in Sweden and found no, that they didn't. met every... <laughs> I mean, this is what you're here for, to be fair. Okay, so what's wrong with that sentence? Well, he never went to Sweden. He did spend okay. time in Denmark. That's where he heard a bunch of stories about Sweden, primarily oh, okay. from, from the Danish king, actually. So, you know, that does give some credence to his account um but um but he never he never went there himself okay okay fair enough um so he visited didn't visit a, a, a temple in sweden and found that they met every nine years to ensure the goodwill of the gods nine males of all kinds of living creatures were sacrificed dogs horses and humans were hung from trees in the temples in the temple's sacred groves. This would go on for nine days. Every nine days, every day nine, new males were killed. This would result in 81 gruesome sacrifices. Yeah. Um, Adam Bremen says 72 because it goes doesn't go on for nine days. Okay. That, that's the detail. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's... Otherwise, but, but the idea is real that they sacrificed. So, and it was so just one, males. What one uh, did human sacrifices occur in the Viking Age? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, two, it was Uppsala a location for a lot of ritual activity in the Viking Age? Absolutely. Um, there's a similar story about Hleidra in Denmark uh, by Tietma of Merseburg. He, he, he describes a similar style of ritual there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very likely that those kinds of rituals took place in different locations in Scandinavia. Um, and Sounds like a fucked up Noah's Ark. Just like one, <laughs> one of each. a fucked up Noah's Ark. <laughs> like one of each animal, but only the males. <laughs> and to hang them from a tree. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, in 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 a way that is a pretty fucked up Noah's Ark. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, but but those weren't the only instances where people sacrifice people. Like there are plenty of like <laughs> situations where uh, humans were sacrificed. Like just to look at the Oseberg ship, and you know, there's presumably one of the people in that uh, burial. Um, was sacrificed. And we see that in a bunch of other graves as well. Usually it was, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody needed to, to bring somebody with them to the, the underworld. Um, mm. But yeah, no, uh, human sacrifice, pretty common theme in human and history in general. And it's quite terrifying. Uh, yeah. If you're the one being sacrificed. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but also I guess, you know, it has like a a regulatory function in that regard. Like, and, you know, maybe those people sacrificed were people who, who had like um, done something transgressive in some cases, at least that's one of the prevailing theories about the bog bodies that we have in Northwestern Europe. Right. So like that they were, you know, criminals who were sacrificed, but Mm -hmm. we don't actually know. Um, Yeah. But I mean, the ritual killing of humans is, is a pretty standard, standard human phenomenon. Right. And it's still occurring to this day in, uh, uh, countries like this one that I'm s- s- living in that have, um, you know, punitive executions. That's also ritual killing. Uh, now we just pretend that it has a moral reason and uh, that it's like perfectly uh, normal and also totally like clinical and medical and all that stuff. And it's just like, mm-hmm. eh, no. Yeah, it's ritual killing. That's what it is. That's what humans mm-hmm. do. I mean, and human sacrifice makes sense when you, particularly when you think of like ancient peoples. No, because Does obviously it it's makes the sense, then? Because it, yeah, because it's the it's the highest offering that you can give. It's kind of yeah, like it's a of, way to get rid of, of your own. You don't want around, you know. All that, yeah, all that. Okay, I know you're <laughs> short on time because you have to take baby Bjorn to the to the um, doctor. Yes, so. I'm going to skip through a couple of these just because we've done full episodes on them and people can go. So, so the next one is murder creation. So that's number seven. So that's the creation myth um, where basically Emir gets slaughtered to make the, the world. Mm-hmm. We've done a full, we've done a full episode on that. You can, was it, I think it was with Ed. We did the creation myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely talked about it, and you know, it's it that again is also a pretty standard story. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you yeah. get that in multiple cultures around the world. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. not, and again, not such is, a big deal. It is a pretty gruesome thing to you know to kill a giant and make a world out of him. So I don't know, like list. You know, it's kind of metal to be living in a corpse. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> All I could think of was I don't know if you've seen the movie Freddy Got Fingered. Where <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, this one sounds like a porno. It's not. I promise you, it's not. It's it's an old Tom Green movie, <laughs> and he climbs in a in sort of roadkill moose, and that's, that's- all I could. Think- yeah. That's all I could think of was that's- Tom Green climbing in the moose. Rob Roy does the same thing, right? With Liam Neeson. Okay. Yeah, he also like I mean that's a way to stay warm on cold nights. Of course, yeah. You've got to do yeah. what you gotta do. The things <laughs> I do to stay warm, Amateurs. <laughs> Those sheep. <laughs> oh man, I don't uh, want to know. Okay. Too. I don't <laughs> number, number six, the Draugr. Obviously, we did yes. we did that last year's Halloween special was all about that. So you can just pop back over there and, and uh listen to that mm-hmm. okay number five the mayor um have you ever had sleep paralysis before you wake up in the middle of the night you can't move and you have a feeling of some dark presence nearby the vikings would say that you've been visited by the mayor this actually uh this actually where english oh this is actually 
where English gets the word nightmare from. The mayor is an evil female spirit who sits on the top of you while you're asleep. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Uh, while you're unable to move, she she, oh, she then drags the life out of you. Legend says the mayor can slip through the tiniest cracks in the walls or floors like sand or smoke, only to reemerge and terrorize the victim. If the person is unable to break free from the mayor, they're slowly smothered to death. Mm, that's a great story no uh well it's it's it is real in the sense that these are folk tales not the stuff about like slipping through the cracks and all that stuff but you know the the we do have scandinavian folk tales about uh the nightmare um in in uh, in danish for instance the word for nightmare translates to mare riding uh so there you go um now the there is a, a tradition, an older tradition that exists in the medieval period and possibly also has its roots in the Viking Age, where we see um, this is this is the confluence of of the idea of people being able to take on the shape of animals mm-hmm. um, as as like a, a standard phenomenon in in pre Christian religion. And that then becomes mixed with post-conversion ideas of witchcraft. And that that's how you get, for instance, a story about, I think it's, is it Domaldi? It's one of those um, legendary uh, kings of the Ingla uh, dynasty um, who gets trampled by a mare which is a witch that has taken the form of a mare. Uh, so yeah, the, the, I mean, the, there is there is like a consistency of ideas there, but um, <clears throat> the stories that sort of like form the basis of that right there, they are not from the Viking Age. They are from Scandinavian folklore that is later. That doesn't preclude okay. that they might have been present mm-hmm. back then too. Like, what we just really okay. can't say. I mean, she does sound quite terrifying. I've never had sleep paralysis, yeah. but it scares the fucking life out of me. I yeah. can't imagine yeah. how bad that must be. Yeah, I'd get freaked out too. A friend of mine, a friend of mine has it, and he says sometimes he just lays there and like he's he's looking at his fiance. Like he's you know, he can move his eyes and he's just like hoping she notices him and is like, wake me up. They like, wake me up and he just can't fucking move. And it's like ah. it just it's terrifying. That is terrifying. terrifying. That's more terrifying than the blood eagle. Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. Um, okay, number four is... Or that knuckleweed horse or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's fucking... I'm having nightmares about that. <laughs> um, number four is the troll. Obviously, we, we covered that in the last episode with Rich. Um, again, this just falls into stereotypes. The troll comes directly from Viking mythology. They are large, brutish, and often evil creatures who would never think twice about crushing a human on sight. Luckily, they were renowned for their stupidity and stories of Vikings defeating them um, often involved outsmarting their dim wits. Obviously, yeah. we rich shit all over that last week and yes. kind of set, <laughs> set, set the story straight on... Set the story straight? Set the story straight on that. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is Ragnarok. Again, mm. we've... We've discussed that in length in a bunch of other episodes. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know how scary that is. Like, 
It's just mm, the world. I think in part, like in its own parts, it's. I mean, a, a ship made of nails is fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, less terrifying when the world is ending. Like you, you, you know, a component. No, I mean, fingernails. You would need to make a fucking ship. Yes, but but think about this. Like a component of being terrified, right? Is the chance and possibility to survive the situation. Now, if the world is ending anyway, okay. why the fuck be terrified? Yeah, why are you fighting? Huh? Just don't, just don't fight. Yeah, just, just, just have sit a down beer. and enjoy it. Just sit on a <laughs> hill and watch the world go. Okay, I think we've spoken a little bit about this before. I don't know how much you you want because I do want to get to the last one. Um, this is number two, and it's the Kraken. I feel like we've spoken mm-hmm. a little bit about it before, um, and it's one that I kind of was surprised when I found out that it came solely from, originated in Viking mythology or Nordic mythology. Ooh, this article's got me speaking, speaking like a little uh, little Viking bro <laughs> in Nordic mythology. <laughs> um, okay, so it says, this is a legendary sea, uh, sea monster that struck fear into the hearts of the seafaring Vikings. They believe the Kraken lived off the shores of Northway and Greenland, Northway, Norway and Greenland. Most of the time, they lived in the sunken depths of the ocean, but occasionally they visited the surface to wreak havoc on, Vi- wreak havoc on Viking ships. The giant octopus-like creature was said to be up to 500 foot wide and with 900 foot tentacles and can weigh up to 400 tons. That's a big fucking octopus. Uh, they would attack ships by wrapping their tentacles around the ship's hull and capsizing it. The crew would be killed by drowning or eaten by the monster. Uh, yeah, that's that's all they say about it. Yes. Okay. Well, there. You know the um, the uh, uh, the idea of that sea monster. We definitely have mentioned both in Konum Skukshal and Arvaut Saga, if I remember correctly. So. Uh, a couple of uh, Old Norse sources, right? Konal Skukshaw is this uh, didactic work telling us everything that we need to know if we're going to be king of Norway. And that includes a lot of like uh, uh, geography and and uh, zoology and cryptozoology, I guess. Um, and then, then there's a mention of, of, of this... Uh, if, um, um, this this uh, creature in in Urvot saga, if I remember correctly. Now um, the the sort of like confluence with the kraken and you know all that stuff. Um, it seems to actually originate with the uh, the uh, um, Dano Norwegian uh, colonizer of uh, Greenland, hence Eel, uh, who. Uh, uh, who sort of like in, in his descriptions of Greenland, um, you know, give give like descriptions of the DC monsters that exist out there and, and compares them to what he knows from from uh, previous traditions. Uh, so the stuff from Iceland, for instance, and Konal Skukshaw and so on. So, yeah, um, it, that's that's sort of like a longstanding um, mm-hmm. Nordic tradition and... Um, well, I would say that obviously these uh, these ideas of 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 some kind of sea monster they also go back to the story about the 
Midgasormer or Jarmungandr, the the great serpent oh, yeah. in the ocean. And is it a, is it a um, is it a squid? Is it a serpent? Like you know, you 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 can. Uh, you can make your own decisions on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always thought the correct one was Greek mythology. I don't know why. It's just one mm-hmm. that I always assumed. I mean, there is, you know, on, on Crete, a lot of uh, squid stuff going on, especially after the Santorini eruption. They got like, mm-hmm. they, they, they all have happy dolphins before the eruption in Santorini. And then after mm-hmm. that, it's like demonic squids on everything. So they definitely got freaked out. Um, yeah okay yeah and and Last also one. like let's let's not let's not discount the fact that there are giant ass squids out there so you know it's mm-hmm. it's not at all impossible that people have seen those and maybe even had an encounter with one in some way or other so yeah don't we yeah, only see me out giants, too. don't we only see giant squids when they're dead isn't that is that a real I, thing that's usually when they mm-hmm. are yeah sort of like uh recorded right they, yeah, they wash up on a beach somewhere mm-hmm. So, but they're, we, they are giant. Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Okay. The last, the last one, uh, okay. number one on the list is the Pesta. Uh, you've heard of the Black Death or the Grim Reaper. Well, this is basically the Viking equivalent. She appears to you as an old woman when it is time, uh, when it's your time to die. She's not evil or malicious, which perhaps only adds the fear, uh, which only adds to the fear she struck into the Viking hearts. Pesta simply delivers the news of death and then shepherds your soul away. You cannot run. Some describe her as a disease that was impossible to keep out. She would appear anywhere, but especially on roads as people traveled. If you see Pesta, make sure you check what she is carrying in her hand. If she is carrying a rake, that means uh, not everyone in your family will die. Uh, yeah, not, not everyone in your family will die. Your souls will be able to escape through the teeth of the rake if she's carrying a broom, well, everyone is doomed to be swept away. On one occasion, don't laugh. This is fucking terrifying stuff. On one occasion, it's all made up, man. On, no. I don't know where the fuck they got that from. On one occasion, a, a man begged her to spare his life. She said, uh, 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 but she would give him an easy death. That night, he went home exhausted and fell asleep, never to wake up again. <laughs> this is what scares people the most there is no fight there is no battle against evil Pesta simply delivers your inevitable death great story yeah. man is nothing Viking Age about it whatsoever <laughs> this sounds like sort of like a mix of a bunch of uh, a sort of uh, uh, folktale stuff that has to do with the Black Death um and you know the word itself uh, also in scandinavian means the black death so yeah this is somebody who uh, who came up with a nice little story um so how do you think that gets pulled back to vikings just oh because people just want to re- attach stuff to vikings because it's, it's cool i assume the person that's written this article they've not made that up i guess that they've googled the pesto and somehow i'm going to do mm-hmm. that after actually just to see what i find uh, but i assume at some point it's been linked to the viking age um yeah i guess so but um that's just people's fantasies mm-hmm. uh so yeah 
But uh, okay. now I have to go pick up my kid, man. You, you have to get out of here. You um, let people know where they can find you, and I'll do the rest of the plugs and, and you get out. Yeah, of here. you can always find me on my website, MatthiasNovi.com. You can also find me on Instagram, MatthiasNovik, and then I'll show up there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, everybody, and see you later. Take care. Take care. You too. Yeah, thank you. If you um, enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating, positive review wherever you listen to the podcast. Obviously, this is a shorter one than normal, but we kind of had to put something together at last minute. Thought we'd have a little bit of fun with the article, even if most of it's not real. I guess there's a bunch of it that's quite entertaining. I mean, the the horse is terrifying. Um, I wouldn't want to meet that down a dark alley. Oh, yeah so yeah hopefully you enjoyed it if you can please pause on patreon uh again i think we're three four episodes ahead on there so if you listen to this and you want more you can jump over onto patreon and get the next three or four episodes before everyone else you get the video versions of them as well we're going to start doing the story time episodes again with Jonas Lorenzen we've booked that in he's going to be coming back on the podcast as well i think ed games is just booked to come back on uh, and Joshua Root. So all the all the favorites we haven't had on in a while all are coming back on in the next couple of months. So you know that's going to be good fun. It's always chaos when when Ed joins us. So that will always be uh, yeah, it's always be a laugh. That man is one of my favorite humans on the planet, but he is erratic to say the least. Um, yes, yeah, so if you can please pop over to Patreon, you get all the old story times. Um, I think it's like three or four pound a month for the for the lowest tier. You can also watch the episodes live. We have a lovely little community in the chat where people hang out and talk during the episodes. It's it's really nice to see. Um, sometimes you just see me chuckling at the chat because it uh, it makes me laugh. And yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. We've been putting a bunch of videos up on there, literally not a mythology podcast on there. Hit the subscribe and the little bell so you know every time we drop a video. And I think that's about it. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm not sure who we've got, but I know we will have a and hopefully we'll have a guest that doesn't cancel. Um, yeah, thank you very much and take care.